Hey, this is Jim Martin with Little Things First, and I have a couple of announcements to make before we dive into today's episode. First of all, Tracy and I are busy at work at Little Things that will make a difference in education, and because of this, we have decided that we're going to begin releasing our podcast episodes every two weeks instead of weekly. This will allow us a little bit more time to interview some of the very finest guests. It will also give you time to enjoy each episode to its fullest, maybe even recommend our podcast to some of your colleagues, and to most importantly, implement some of the little things that will make a difference in your practice. Finally, I want to introduce today's podcast guest. It is Dr. Don Vu. We were lucky enough to talk to Dr. Vu, who is a former principal and teacher, and he has written a book called Life, Literacy, and the Pursuit of Happiness. It's all about the things that we do in schools to support refugee and immigrant youth with their literacy development. I think you'll love this interview, and uh, have a great two weeks. We'll see you very soon. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Don? Okay. Um, let me see here. Well, um, first of all, thanks for having me today. Um, it's it's always a pleasure to talk about education and and some of the things happening these days. Um, I've been in education for for over twenty four years. I started off as a teacher in the Oakland Unified School District in California. Um, eventually, became a principal and worked in the East Side San Jose area. And my last school um, was here at Barrett Ranch Elementary School in Antelope, California, near Sacramento. I don't know if you're aware, it's, uh, it's, it's about half an hour, well, an hour and a half from uh, Lake Tahoe. Um, I've always worked in Title I schools always gravitated towards working with families that reminded me of my own immigrants and refugees um, who are struggling to make a better life for themselves in America and, and for their children. Uh, my family left um, Vietnam a few days before the fall of Saigon. And um, we were lucky to come here to America and start a new life for ourselves. We came with almost nothing in our pockets. And, um, you know, when I, when I, have a parent ask me for help for their kid. I, I see my mom asking for help and uh, there's nothing in the world that will stop me uh, from supporting them. About two years ago, well, now it's two years ago, um, I took a leave from my, my position as principal at Barrett Ranch and uh, wanted to spend more time with my daughter um, and do some creative things like finishing this book. And uh, of course I had no idea that the pandemic would hit a few months later. And, um, you know, the world changed and, uh, and here we are at the end of 
this year. And I, I don't know, are you guys done with the school year yet? In, in Just finishing up. Just finishing up, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, and we're opening up again. So, um, so hopefully things get back to, back to normal in, in, in some ways. But that's kind of my story. So are you planning on jumping back into school? Are you uh, thinking that this time home and hanging out with families, a good move on your part? What do you think? Well, it, it was a good move on my part. Um, and eventually I, I will come back to schools um, before I retire um, just because I, <laughs> I don't have the years, uh, enough years left for retirement, but, um, but it, it's been, it's been great just to take, you know, these couple years off, um, just to kind of refocus, as you know, I think both of you are principals, correct? Um, have been, I'm now at the state level. Okay. And Jim, how about you? Yes. I'm a, a principal at a, a yeah. rural school in here yeah. in Utah. So. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, as you know, it's, it's, a very tough job. And I can imagine the last two years being extremely tough. Um, so it, it was good for me just to kind of take a little break because, and I think, I, I think it was necessary for me um, just to kind of reconnect with, with my family. Um, because I was, I, I, I just remember somebody asking me what my daughter was doing. And at that time she was in fourth grade um, for a particular, um, area in, in school and I had no idea. I couldn't answer that question. I, I didn't know what she was learning in, in math. And, uh, and I knew everything else about what, you know, my kids, my students were doing. And, uh, and, I, and I just felt like I needed to take a little break and kind of reconnect. And, and it was, so it was really helpful. But at some point, uh, I do plan on coming back. I do miss it uh, in a crazy way. I, I miss being, you know, I, I miss the hustle and bustle of of just being in the school and, and, and connecting with, with the hundreds of kids and parents and teachers. Um, and so I, I still have dreams. I tell people I still have dreams, not nightmares <laughs> about being in, back in schools. And so, um, so that's gonna happen someday. But I think right now it's, it's, a, it's an interesting time because my book just came out and um, it, so yeah, go ahead. That's a great segue. Talk yeah. about uh, the book, the, the title of the book, and okay. uh, how people can get it. Well, it's um, it's it's life. It's called Life Literacy and the Pursuit of Happiness, and uh, it's basically it's about using the power of uh, of reading to empower students, especially our immigrants and 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 refugee students, to understand themselves and 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 how they fit in America and and the world. Um, it's about building a culture of literacy for all. And, um, for me, it's, it's, it, I'm, I'm reminded about how powerful reading was for me as a kid and how it opened up the world for me, um, as a kid. And I didn't have too many resources, um, to explore the world, didn't have travel, didn't have summer camps, didn't have the extracurricular activities because my parents were, uh, were struggling to make ends meet. And so reading was a way for me to understand the world and to understand myself. Um, and Dr. Rudine Sims Bishop, her idea of, you know, books being windows to the world and mirrors to ourselves, 
um, was perfect for me. It was right on for me. And, um, and because of my experience in that, um, you know, I, I, I want that for, for all of our kids. And I, and I know that especially our kids from under-resourced schools or immigrants and refugees, they have special, um, special needs that need to be paid attention to, right? Um, and so that's, that's kind of the, the, the idea of my book. It's, it's, it's also a, a memoir in some ways because I do, I do talk about my own um, refugee experience. Um, and uh, before every main chapter, I, I include a, a prelude chapter, which you know, talks about different parts of my, my experience, my, my experience as a refugee, my family's experience coming to America and, and struggling and also my experience as an educator. And so the hope is that in, in, in some way, after people read the book, that they, they feel like they've gotten to know me as, as, a, as a person, as an immigrant, as a refugee in my story, and uh, that they can use that connection to better connect with you know, the, the, the kids in their schools. Um, and so that's the hope. And I've, I've gotten a lot of feedback on that. People seem to to like that aspect of the book, uh, the personal aspect. And it's, it's been really gratifying to hear some of the feedback. So, um, so that's, yeah, that's my book. It yeah. I, I, I was just going to say, I love that aspect of the book, the personal mm. stories. Um, I think that actually adds credibility to your voice as a yeah. scholar that you've actually lived some of these, uh, things that you're, uh, that you're recommending in your book. And so, yeah, I think that that is a wonderful piece of the text that isn't always available in other yeah. scholarly works. So thank you for, for including that and being vulnerable to include that. Cause I know that, you know, it takes some vulnerability to expose yeah. parts of yourself and your background. So yeah, very nice. And, and also to personalize and humanize the experience, right? because so many times we're talking about the other, right? I think that I hear that in the school system. And I know recently this last week, we were just talking about, you know, trying to support students who are multilingual learners and, and trying to find ways to make sure that schools are not just, I don't know, making, making school easier, dumbing it down for kids when really we need to raise the, the expectations and, and provide the supports and the scaffolding for students to be able to access that literacy. And, and uh, you're adding your own personal uh, element, you know, just really humanizes that experience. Mm. I appreciate that. And, and I'm curious. So, um, what, are, what are some little Sorry, you're Tracy. On. You're on, Jim, go ahead. We're so excited. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Mean to interrupt you. I just was wondering what are some little things that schools and teachers can be doing to support literacy, especially with their English language learners, with refugee, immigrant, youth? Um, what, what should they be paying attention to? What are some things that they can start doing immediately? Well, the little things, uh, the little things. I mean, there you go, right? That's, oh, I like that. Um, <laughs> the little things that they can do. Um, can range from purchasing books for libraries that, that when, you, when you do that, you make sure that the books are diverse, that the books will reflect you know, kids and, and what they think is important and, and reflect themselves. 
uh, make sure the books have have stories where kids can learn about others besides themselves who are different from them. I, mean, I think that's just as important. Um, in my book, I talk about encouraging literate conversations, right? Informal conversations uh, about books and stories. Um, you know, research tells us that this helps with fluency and comprehension and allows kids at all different levels um, to engage in a fun way, right? We can have book clubs, book talks, um, reading buddies um, can be a good ways to have literate conversations. And, you know, the, the basic read aloud, um, reading, to, reading to kids out loud and having those conversations as you read, um, that really helps um, all kids and especially kids who don't get that at home, right? Kids who, whose parents may not be able to, to read to them um, at home just because of maybe work issues or maybe because of language issues. Um, and that ties in with making sure that you have time for kids to be able to read independently, right? Um, you know, for those who, those kids who don't have that support, that reading support at home, um, independent reading time in school uh, is, is important. And, um, and so those are some of the little things that adults, educators can do to, to help not only support you know, the immigrants and refugees, but support all kids. I, I think, you know, when you, when you lift, lift up all kids and, uh, and, and you, you focus on immigrants and refugees, you're, you're, you're lifting up all kids too during that time, um, during, with those efforts. I love hearing about that because we were just looking at some research that was in Ed Week and uh, they were focusing on just the ways that social studies has been shown that more time that students are spending in that social studies curriculum and looking at the stories and looking at the history and looking at various cultures has really been shown to have a correlation with an increase in literacy skills. And in uh, our state, social studies often is uh, sort of the forgotten stepsister because it's not a tested subject. Oh, you know, in other states it is, but in our state it's not. Mm. And so people are not, you know, going to spend as much time. They've been they've been feeling squished and squeezed by the the curriculum and all the demands and what the core requires and the assessments. So they've been selective and, and in a way they're selecting those that are going to be tested subjects and those other subjects are set aside a little bit. So I, I really like hearing that because I, I feel like it, in order for us to really create a literate society and to help all of our students build that literacy background, mm -hmm. we, we can't have that separate from that story side and that, and that social studies and that his, history and, and looking at all the ways that we experience life. And um, anyways, I appreciate you saying that because I think the more stories of each other that we hear right? The, the better and, and more informed we are as a, as a community and as a society. Right, right. I, I, I definitely agree with that idea. Um, I think we need, I mean, especially nowadays, right? Yeah. Especially nowadays, I think we need to, to make sure that we hear the stories of others. Um, I, 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 if, if there's any place that can change society for the better, um, it's our schools because most of the people in society go through our schools and 
I, I think we have an obligation to, to be able to, to share those stories through social studies, through, you know, stories that we, we have kids read in, in, in language arts, but it's, it's important for them, especially the kids who, who aren't exposed to different people. I mean, yeah. people, people ask me this all the time. It's like, well, what if I don't have immigrants and refugees in my, in my school, right? What, what, what use is, you know, this idea, um, this book, you know, and I, and I tell them, okay, I, I understand that question, right? But I tell them that their contribution to this work right now is more important than ever, right? You, your students um, will have an opportunity to be introduced to and get to know immigrants and refugees through books and stories. Uh, and eventually they will probably, when they leave your school, when they leave your community, if they do, um, they will probably encounter people who are immigrants and refugees. Um, and so it's, it's important for students to, to understand that, you know, there are people who are different with different perspectives who, um, who are more than what's portrayed in, in those 30 second sound bites on the nightly news, right? Yeah. Um, and they will have a chance to connect with those people um, through these stories and, um, and build empathy, hopefully, and, and become allies in the future of these people. Um, and so that's, you know, I think that's, that's so important for us to be able to share those stories um, and be able to connect kids with, you know, people who are different from them. When you think back about your time in the building. All right, Jim, your turn. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, we're just, I guess we're not in sync today, Tracy. No. We just keep <laughs> stepping on each other. Um, okay. Uh, uh, my question, well, I just had a comment and a question. First of all, um, I, I know that the read aloud is making a comeback. So it's exciting to hear you talk about that because uh, some of the science of reading material that's coming out is talking about building background knowledge through read alouds and making sure that's a priority. So that's really great to hear you say that. Um, where do, where do we miss the mark with what we're doing with, in literacy now? So, you know, we, we teach reading and writing and um, in your perspective, uh, how are we uh, not uh, meeting the needs of our refugee and uh, immigrant youth? Well, I think we're, we're doing, I, I don't know if we're missing the mark, but there, we're missing we're, we're leaving out something, I think, you know, when we, when we talk about um, working with immigrant refugee students, right, and when we talk about literacy and, 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 and reading, um, what's the first thing we talk about? Uh, we talk about ESL, right? We talk about teaching them English as a second language. And I, I think that's, that's really important, right? Uh, because and it should be, it should be the, one of the first things we talk about. It's like, these are new American, Americans who eventually will need to become fluent in English. Um, but I think there's much more than that, right? And, and this is what I talk about um, in the book. It's like, how do we use books to encourage and build the audacity of, of equality? The idea that you have equal rights in America, um, no matter 
no matter where you come from within our, you know, how do we build that within our students? How do we support students and families uh, when no one can read books in English at home, right? And how do we build and sustain a, a culture of literacy that celebrates all students? And um, I guess I'll put it, uh, put it another way. It, so if you're a reader, right? You sort of have an idea of why you love reading and, and why you love books and stories, right? Yeah. Right. Like why, why, why do you love reading and, and stories? I, I love stories because I love sort of visiting other people and visiting yeah. their experience and, and uh, taking a trip without really having to get in my car and go. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Jim? Yeah, I love, um, I love stories because um, I get kind of swept away in what's happening and I can't wait to see what happens next. And right. I get invested in the life of these, you know, characters. Yeah, it's, a, it's an adventure. It's, uh, you know, it's a look into another life, right? And some of us remember the very first book we, we loved reading. I do. Um, it was about Albert Einstein. And I remember um, just thinking, wow, He's, you know, someday I, I, maybe I can discover things. Maybe I can become an, you know, an astronomer and look up into the sky and, uh, and, and discover new worlds. Um, and some of us love seeing the world from a different lens through another character, like what Tracy said. Um, I think a lot of our immigrants and refugees and students of color, students who are struggling readers, in our special ed programs, yeah, uh, they don't get that experience, all right? They get workbooks, they get practice sheets, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that letter sounds, learning letter sounds, and blending words and fluency isn't important. It's super important. Um, what I'm saying is, if that's the only experience you get when it comes to reading, you're probably not going to love reading too much. Yeah, right, and um, and you probably won't read so much afterwards, you know, after you learn how to read. Um, and the research tells us that you're not gonna eventually become a lifelong reader. And, and that's, that's a sad thing. So I think that's kind of what, what's missing um, sometimes when we, we work with immigrants and refugee students, it's, it's that aspect of it. You know, one thing that I, uh, and my own experience in working with refugees has been trying to connect that oral piece, right? The, the oral telling and sharing and building that into that writing. And of course the reading piece of it, but often it's that, that oral piece that comes first. And that's where people make those initial connections. Even if it's just us having conversations with our families and learning more about what is our story and where are we from and, you know, why are we here? And uh, often that kind of triggers, right? Sort of a little, a little interest in, you know, what, what more is there in the, in the story? It's not just all that it seems by, you know, using that language, at least the oral piece of that. The, and we know that all of our society comes from long lasting traditions of, of stories that way, right? Before we were writing them down. So, right. yeah. Just yeah. curious about your own experience at your own school. You know, how, how did you connect refugee families in your school 
with with that literacy piece? Did you have specific events? Did you have other ways you were celebrating stories from these families? Well, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 always a struggle, and people ask, you know, how do we engage families, um, you know, who maybe culturally um, and and language wise, um, you know, or there's there's a there's a wall, right? Because I, I remember as a kid, my parents um, my parents were hardly ever uh, at my school, right? Yeah. Um, and, and there's there's a reason why. Well, there's a few reasons why. One is because most of the time they're at work. Yeah. Um, you know, struggling to 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 pay the the, the bills. Um, and the the other reason why is because they didn't. And I had a chance because of this book. I had a chance to really sit down and talk to them for hours and hours about their experiences. Yeah. Um, but they didn't feel like they had a place in my school. Yeah. Right. They, they, they didn't feel connected to it. And, you know, it was a cultural thing and, and, and it's, it's a lot of, a lot of immigrants and refugee families kind of feel that way. Um, and, and how do you bring them in? If, there, yeah. if there's that, if there's that language barrier or the, you know, the cultural barrier and I, and I, and I, what we did was we just, you know, we started with the little things, right? What we did was we, I, I made sure that um, I, I said hi to the parents as they were dropping off their kids. I made sure that, you know, I, I, I let them know that they were welcome, waving, <laughs> waving to them and just, just letting them know that, hey, you're, you're welcome here. Yeah, and, and sometimes, and you know, it's it's a small thing, right? But it's it's an important thing, um, because you know I've experienced it as a parent going onto a school campus where yeah. you know no one really acknowledges you, and uh, and you, and you get a sense that well, should I be in this spot? No, maybe not. Um, and so it's it's it makes a big difference when somebody acknowledges you when you you step on as a parent, and so I. We, we, we did that and we made our campus really welcoming. And then eventually we, you know, we, we tried to take advantage of what they had to offer, you know, their strengths, these parents. And one thing we did was we, we shared, we wanted them to share their stories with us. And so we, uh, along with two other schools in our, in our area, we, you know, we had, uh, these cultural nights um, where they would and where they would bring in their foods and you know have a little booth talk about you know their their history and it was like one of the most popular things and we, we had parents who you know didn't really speak English but they wanted to share what they had you know and this is kind of what Tracy what you're talking about it's like the oral tradition right it's like yeah if you have a space for them to share, um, they'd be more than happy to share. And I can talk about this from a perspective of a parent because my family and I um, had the Vin Vietnam booth, my wife and my daughter. And, uh, you know, we, we, we had the, some of the, the foods and, um, but this was like something we look forward to every year. It's like, okay, that's cool. Let's, let's do this this year. Let's have a, 
you know, let's have a trivia Jeopardy game and, and, and ask people um, to, to learn about, you know, learn about our culture. And uh, I remember the, the India booth, there was like 40 people at the booth, you know, fighting to share their food and, and you know, some of their artifacts, their cultural artifacts. But, you know, it's, it's kind of, that's kind of how we, we start. It's like making sure that our, our schools are, a, you know, a, a place for, for all kids and for all families. Yeah, I, I think when when we do that, and when people feel that feel that that's that's the case, then you know when we when we talk to them about reading at home with their kids and how to read at home with their kids, um, they might they might say, okay, well, sure, <laughs> right? As opposed to as opposed to who's this person or you know what's going on? You, I don't trust these people because I don't know them, right? Um, they know us and we know them and they know that they're partners. And I, I, I think that's, you know, you start with the little things yeah, and, and, and you go from there, but you can move mountains by having these relationships, as you know, um, in schools. Um, I mean, I think, I think that's one of the key pieces, right? It's, it's so much, so much about relationships. I think you're exactly right. Yeah. Don, um, I have a question about, uh, you know, I don't mean to drag you down a political realm or anything like that, but this is a hard time to be a multicultural scholar. There seems to be like a nationwide <laughs> attack on um, diversity and uh, how that plays a part in schools. And so I'm just wondering what has been the reaction to your book across the country as it's come out and... Um, where do you think it fits in that debate? And what are your general thoughts about uh, how schools might take this work into action given kind of the climate around issues of diversity in our schools? Jim, that's a, that's a, that's a big question. Um, and that's a good question. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't, I, I, I hear about this, I hear about the, you know, the debate and I don't, I don't know why there's a debate. I mean, one, um, you know, diversity in schools is, is here, it's happening and it's going to, I mean, our schools are going to be more diverse in the next few years. I mean, it's, that's what the U.S. Census says. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have a huge, percentage increase of kids who are going to be second language learners, who are going to have, who are going to be immigrants, refugees, or, you know, kids of immigrants and refugees. And so, you know, there's, I mean, there's no debate there. Um, It's the question of, you know, how do we work with our, our, you know, our future generation of, of citizens? Um, as far as what my, uh, the, the feedback from my book, it's, it's, for me, it's been great. Um, I've had people, I've had, I've had kids from my, from when I was a principal in San Jose, I had one kid who, who emailed me 
uh, messaged me. And I, 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 unfortunately, I don't remember this, this kid. It was, this was like back in the early 2000s. And it was my first year as principal. And she, she messaged me on LinkedIn. And she said, hey, uh, hey, Don, it's, it's your former student. She said, hey, I just wanted to let you know that um, you know, I, I just picked up your book, but I, I wanted to thank you for, um, for doing this work and for advocating for immigrants and refugees and not forgetting about us. Because she said that, she said that her, her mom was a new immigrant um, when I was, when I was principal, when I was first principal at this one school. And she said her mom one day was walking around the neighborhood, went to a school, didn't, had no idea how to enroll her kid into a preschool. And she said that her mom um, met me that day. And, and she said that her mom remembers to this day, the interaction, which I don't, unfortunately, but I can see this happening. But um, she said that I took the time to sit down with her and, and talk to her um, in Vietnamese and, and make sure that she had everything she needed to, to you know, to, to enroll her kid and to, to feel assured that, you know, everything was going to be okay. And uh, she said that I spent about half an hour to an hour with, with the mom. And, uh, and that made a really big impact on, on, the, on her, the mom and the child and her family. Um, and, and it just reminded me of the, the you know, kind of the, the, the interactions that you have with families and the impact yeah. that you can make. Um, and the need of some families, right? Who, who don't have the resources, who don't have the, the knowledge to, to do certain things as simple as enrolling a kid, you know, in school that we take for granted, but um, but this 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 woman now, um, my former student, she she remembers it and it, it made a lasting impact on on the family. She's she said that she and her well she just graduated from college and is getting her master's in mechanical engineering, and her younger sibling is uh, just enrolling in college. And so, you know that type of that type of feedback and connection that I'm making with people throughout, you know, the country really, because I, I've been getting a lot of feedback from, you know, others who I don't know, um, just, just happy to hear about, you know, work being done for immigrants and refugees. Um, and, and it's not necessarily immigrants and refugees, it's educators who, who want to make an impact, who know that this is important work. And so, so for me, yeah, there's, there's no debate, um, you know, people in schools are, are, are going to, to have to understand. And I think they, you know, especially I think for people in schools, they, they do. It's just like the people who are outside of schools who are kind of throwing in their voices. Um, and that's the way it is, you know, with, with almost any issue, but you know, people in schools know that this is, this is important work, right? Uh, diversity and, and, and making sure that, you know, our kids understand that 
there are people who suffer, right? Not only immigrants and refugees, people of color, um, yeah. people who have long lived in the margins of society. Um, and, and I think educators understand that. They understand that, you know, there are things that we need to do to address those needs. Um, so hope and that a great, Yeah, a great reminder too, we, we really never know sometimes what little interaction we have that we think might be insignificant could really just change the trajectory of the experience for those we work with. Right. That's a great example of that. I was, I was thinking that too, Tracy, that, you know, the fact that you don't even remember necessarily yeah. that interaction, but it had such a lasting impact on that family. I just think that's a really great reminder to us that, you know, even those little teeny small interactions that we take for granted uh, make a big difference. We need to be mindful of that and, and uh, use those opportunities wisely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tracy, do you want to take us to our final question? Yes, this is one of our favorite questions then. If you had a chance to go back in a time machine and talk to your younger self, what advice would you give your younger self? Hmm. <laughs> so I would, I would tell, well, it depends on how young, but I'm, I'm thinking elementary school. I would tell my, my elementary school self that he shouldn't spend so much time trying to fit in. Um, and that what is different about him, right, is, is what is special. And, and that's what I'd like to tell my, my students today um, and, and my daughter, right, uh, my own child. Um, for example, I don't want my, my daughter to feel like she needs to fit in at school in terms of her culture and background, which was something I struggled with as a kid right? Trying to fit in because I was growing up in a, uh, in a, in a community where we were so, I, it was homogenous, right? Um, and, and I, I remember, I, I joke about it. And I, I, I would tell people that, you know, um, Manteca, that's where I grew up. It's different now, but Manteca back then was so white um, that my house, my house was Chinatown. Right. And I would, I, that would be the joke. And it, it was true. It was like, and I tried to fit in so much during that time. Um, I don't want that for my kid. I don't want that yeah. for other kids. Right. I don't want my daughter to have to be embarrassed to bring her Vietnamese sandwich, you know, to lunch or, or to be shy about speaking Vietnamese um, in front of others. Um, so I, I would say, you know, we, to celebrate those differences. And in some ways it's much, it's, it's much better than when I was growing up, because we, we acknowledged that. And, you know, even with the debate going on, it's like, we, I think we understand that, you know, it's, it's an asset to have a, a community, a, a country where people are different, right? It's, yeah. it's more interesting for sure. But um, yeah, I tell that kid, Hey, you know what? You know, you don't have to wear that Michael Jackson jacket, right? <laughs> with all those zippers and, and try to be cool. Um, you can just be yourself and, uh, and be proud of who you are, right? Great answer. What a great, great. message. Uh, it's a great, great book. I really enjoyed reading it. And again, just um, very uh, 
user-friendly. I mean, I, I, that's probably not the correct phrase, but, you know, just anybody can access it. And, and I would encourage educators to maybe use their summer months to pick it up and to start thinking about ways to uh, be more inclusive um, and um, also just, um, you know, just accepting, embracing the trend in our, in our country and, and really bringing that into their classrooms and schools. So um, what are your thoughts, Tracy, as we well, conclude? A great reminder to us as educators that relationships and that, and that welcoming is such an important piece. Sometimes we take it for granted. Sometimes we overlook it. Sometimes we forget in our hurriedness and just a, a, a great reminder from you that some of those gestures on our part really matter when we're making those connections with families and helping to build all that literacy. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. Yeah, and just the power that, yeah, just the power that literacy can have in you know, creating that empathy and changing perspectives and helping kids really see that um, others beyond themselves. So thank you so much uh, for, for sharing with us today. Life liter literacy and the pursuit of happiness, supporting our immigrant and refugee children through the power of reading. It's available on Amazon or anywhere where you shop for your books. So uh, hopefully people pick up a copy. Thanks, Don. Yeah, thank you for taking time out of your busy day. We know you have plenty on your plate. And we appreciate you're just stepping away and visiting with us and helping us as we continue just to discuss and look at and interact about what are the little things that we do that can make a difference in our schools. Thank you. Well, thanks, Tracy. Thanks, Jim, for having me. Uh, it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. And thank you for um, thank you for spreading the word. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Yeah.